0: Welcome to Lights in the Night with Russ Johnson. Join us in our never-ending quest for knowledge on extraterrestrial life, UFOs, and the beyond. Your host, Russ, will lead you on an intergalactic quest to discover alien existence and life expansion. Make sure to call in at 888-994-4995 Studio A to ask questions and get involved. And visit us online at lightsinthenight.org. Keep your eyes and ears peeled for Lights in the Night.
1: Hello, this is Russ Johnson, and once again, lightsinthenight.org. What is this all about? It's a podcast, and it's going all across many platforms on social media. And what we want to do is begin to talk about the soft launch done by the Pentagon a few weeks ago and 60 Minutes. And if we go back a little further, we can talk about the New York Times revelation, if you will, of December of 2017. so if you want to do a little bit of homework you can tune into those platforms to see what what we are talking about but most people are talking about the Pentagon saying that now we have a possibility of having some tic-tac little things UAPs as they call them UFOs as we call them uh, in our airspace if you will so then the, if they are there then somebody's Flying them or operating those aircraft, so it could be some alien species on the planet. Well, I got a person this morning who will talk about all of that and say that the aliens have been here four hundred thousand years, maybe more. So let's see. Jillian Green has been around this industry for a lot of years, and she's a clairvoyant. She's from the U.K. and she's been talking to people all across the world about alien activity where the whole thing got started if we go back to zachariah sitchins and he has a book called the 12th planet anyway i'll let her talk about that i'll just interview her and ask her questions Jillian, thank you very much for being with his on with us here on lightsandthenight.org and so once again it's a big st- subject of matter now let me talk about some of your background. Could could you give the audience some of the background that you've had in the last sixty years, seventy years, eighty years, in terms of looking at this whole issue?
2: Okay. Um, well, first, thank you for inviting me on your show, Russell. It's very nice to be here. And you're correct. My name is Julian, and it's an ancient name. It's a name I've carried for a very, very long time. In this life cycle, I'm 86 years old I've always been clairvoyant and I was born into this life without any loss of memory. I have continuing consciousness for very very long time tens hundreds of thousands of years. So the first time that I remember coming to this planet as a, a spectator you might say, was about 400,000 years ago when the Anunnaki were living on the planet and we came down into East Africa to look for a a location to build our science laboratories with which to begin the process of actually developing modern Homo sapiens through genetic engineering. So yes, the uh, extraterrestrials have been on this planet for a very, very long time uh, in fact, they were the same people who were here at the time of Atlantis. After Atlantis, they moved into the Middle East. Um, this, is, this has gone on for, for thousands of years. And one of the first indicators that we had of it in what say more modern times was at the time of Leonardo da Vinci, when he painted UFOs in his paintings including The Last Supper. His famous Last Supper painting uh, has uh, a UFO in the background, and so have other paintings that he did. So this, is, this disclosure that's going on now is very timely. It's very appropriate. And I'm of the opinion that the people on the planet are ready to receive this information. The government excuse for years has been, keep it secret because the public will panic. Well, I don't think people are that silly. I don't think they will panic. I think most people will find it interesting and exciting, Um, but it certainly disrupts the religious order of things on the planet to say that there are extraterrestrials, there are intelligent species in the universe, and many of them are living with us on the planet today.
1: Okay, great, great. when, When I look at, Going back, if you will, just for a minute or two, you were saying that you came here first, that you have incarnated many, many times in the last 400,000 years. But from what I read about Zachariah Sitchin's in the book, The Twelfth Planet, he was saying he goes back around 400,000 years ago when they first came here. Now, that's a long, long time. You came here at that time, if I may?
2: Yes, yes. Yes, I did. And 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 they didn't come here 400,000 years ago. They came here a long, long time before that. Uh, They'd already been here for tens of thousands of years. And that was a return visit. Atlantis crashed everything. And it also caused a great disturbance in the system. So it was very more difficult to get back to the planet. Uh, But when they did get back, it's hundreds of thousands of years ago, maybe a million years ago. But uh, the 400,000 year marker was when they had already established themselves on the planet and were wanting to begin the genetic engineering because their own EGG, their own astronauts, had been digging for the gold that they needed for their own environment on a different planet and were tired of doing the work themselves. So they needed to create a usable labor force out of the humans that were already developing on this planet. At that time, uh, Cro-Magnon Neanderthal would would have been on the planet and they chose out of those people how who they would take and develop into Homo sapiens sapiens as we are today. So Mm -hmm. that genetic engineering began 400,000 years ago and was not completed until about 40,000 years ago. And then about 6,000 years ago, they had evolved, they completed Homo sapiens sapiens, evolved, developed, educated, and trained them to the point where you have the Adam, the Adapa, the one whom they put in charge of humanity. And that's about 6,000 years ago
1: okay so when they came to this planet for those people who don't know we we'll just be brief on this one they came to get the gold and not because they needed it as an exchange of goods and services but because gold at that time would have fixed the their atmosphere which had some difficulty is are we saying the same thing yes
2: yes oh, okay uh gold is inert it's non-magnetic and it can be used in scientific
1: processes yes okay great so you came here then when did you leave for the first time if you can remember you say you you remember all the times that you have come and gone and you have Mm -hmm. continuous memory that that's unique that's very unusual Why 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 you well that that why did they i don't know
2: because well, because because I was originally Anunnaki when I came with them, it was because I was one of them. And uh, that trip 400,000 years ago was only for me a day trip down to the planet. I was living on a ship and I came down to the planet. It was like a, a day out, it's like you go a day to the seaside. I came a day down to Earth, uh looking for this location in East Africa. And then, uh, later, a little, a little later, I came to live on the planet. And when we went to South America, Mm. I, I was with Soth, the one, the one known as Soth, the Egyptian, Hermes, Time, whatever, right? He has multiple, you know, multiple epithets, but he's actually the second son of the Enki. And, uh, he's also, was at that time my grandfather. So we came to the planet, lived here, and, uh, when Marduk actually threw us out at the, in it, in Egyptian history, when Ra, the sun god, took over from Soth, the moon god, uh, Ra, who was Marduk, threw Soth, the moon god, out. We were thrown out and we went to South America. And in South America, about 4000 years ago, at a time when the rest of the Anunnaki were preparing to leave the planet, I was killed in a specific way that required that I stay on planet Earth. And so I have reincarnated on Earth as an Earth human for the last roughly four, four and a half thousand years.
1: That's a difficult story to, to to talk about because most of us have been raised not to think in terms of incarnation that we can come and incarnate in, in different bodies in different centuries that that we that we have an, a soul that never dies that continues to live throughout and all of that. I mean I understand a little bit about having read some of the works that Zachariah sisters and listening to you recently, but how do you get people to believe that when they were taught differently in our churches, when we say heaven and hell, and when you finish this life, you go to heaven or you go to hell, but no one tells you that you're going to, you, you have, you have the ability to come back again. How can you, you, you get, well,
2: here's the thing. I would wish that everybody would believe nothing that they would simply seek out knowledge or they would be asking questions about these issues. Because it really doesn't matter whether you believe in reincarnation or not. When you die, you find out the truth of it, right? So so if you believe it in this life, it doesn't matter that much, right? Uh, You will find out when you die that yes, you're going to have a chance of another go around and that this goes on essentially indefinitely. You know, so the the problem, I think, with many of the issues that we have today is the fact that people have been conditioned to believe things and to actually stake their eternal soul's life on that belief, and especially, you know, religious belief. So it's good to have faith, but faith is not the same as belief. Faith is trust. Trust that there is a creator who knows what he or she is doing. Trust that there are future possibilities. Trust that we will be taken care of. Um, And just have faith in that. But that doesn't require you to believe a, a whole big rigmarole of things to do or not to do, you know, like eating fish on Friday and fasting from six till seven in the evening, whatever it is, whatever your religion tells you to do, uh, those are just rules made up by men. And very often they were made up by ignorant men who could neither read nor write when they decided what the rules would be. So if somebody, whatever their belief, whatever their faith, at this point in time, if they could just Pause for a moment and and say to themselves, okay, I'm not going to throw out my religion or my belief structure. I'm going to hold on to this background until I have more knowledge. But I am going to start questioning what it is that I believe and why I believe it. Uh, and then we start opening the door for new insights, new enlightenment, new ideas to come in and lead us more towards the truth. Okay. Whatever that truth is.
1: Right. So it's tough to change constructs, if you will. The saying that here I am, fear, fear of death, if you will, That that's, that's taught in the Bible, fear of death, the right to murder. You can go to war and kill people for the sake and. To, we tell you to protect the country and uh, the other part of it's sexual suppression some people say those three foundation points represents the bible if you will so coming out of that as you look to as you look at being an anarchy as you look at being somebody who has come and gone many many times in existence how can you change that construct with people? What right, can-
2: by seeking out information and knowledge. For example, who put the, the word Bible, as you know, means a collection of stories. That's what the word Bible means. Right. A collection of stories. So the first question to ask yourself is, who put the Bible stories together? who chose what those stories would be? Uh, and who are the characters in the Bible? You know, Yahweh, Jehovah, uh, this is the same person. You know, it's the yod heh voh of the Jewish alphabet. And sometimes it's pronounced Yahweh, sometimes it's pronounced Yeshua, sometimes it's pronounced Jehovah. Uh, and they eventually settled on the word Jehovah, the Jewish history settled on the word Jehovah to represent God. But actually, Jehovah is Enlil. He's an Anunnaki and he's one who doesn't like humans particularly. He's the one who decided to let them drown when the great flood came. So if you and this is well documented, this is not some airy fairy clairvoyant feeding you a load of rubbish. This is well written down in our history on the clay tablets from the Library of Nineveh. You can research it at the University of Pennsylvania, at the British Museum, at the Great University in Bonn in Germany. Many, many universities have collections of these clay tablets that were written, and many of them were written before the Great Flood. These are real, true recordings of what happened and when it happened. And they tell the story. Uh, it's like the book of Genesis, for example, in the, where it states in the beginning, in the beginning, you know, there was uh, the void and the darkness and so on. And it takes about, what, two pages in your average Bible, uh, a couple of chapters. And right? If you want the whole story of Genesis, then you need to read the Shumerian version, which was called the Enumeri Leash, and takes two whole volumes just to write the creation story. And if you want the source of that, you then go back to the clay tablets of Nineveh, where the Anunnaki wrote the story themselves. So, So you have to just be willing to ask questions.
1: All right, here's a big question. How come when I came through school, grade school, college, been to five different colleges, taught at several this, how come they, I, I, did, I didn't know any of this information? And most people, I would say 98% of the people walking around the faces of earth have never heard your story. Would you believe that? Or, or the story that Zachariah Sitchens talks about? And, and, yes, and,
2: I, w- I would believe that.
1: Why? And why is that? Reason for why? It. Why 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 not? Every
2: everything every single government in the world arranges its educational policies to train its people to serve the state. That's what countries do. That's what governments do. That's why they tell they tell the farmers what crops they should grow. They tell, you know, the kids which schools they should go to. They train them, they they decide in their educational system what they have most need of. And then they condition the education to produce those people. Essentially, every person is just um, a working unit. Okay. What do they call them now? Um,
1: on a I've of, forgotten
2: what they call them now. Let,
1: let's call them worker bees. But, but listen, that, who put the well, yeah. who put the Bible together? Who did that? Who made the decision? Was it at the Council of Nices? Well, no,
2: no, no. No. The Bible, they the, the New Testament, yes. Uh the original Bible are the five I think there are five books of the Jewish Torah and those are the foundation of the Bible. And then you've got many added books, which are essentially Jewish history, the history of the Jewish people. And the reason they were called the chosen of God was because they were the first group of people who were genetically altered to serve the Anunnaki's needs. They were the first group developed for that purpose, right? And so they were called the chosen people, God's chosen people, right? Uh, and then you have later on, of course, our Lord Jesus Christ, who is the master of this quadrant of the universe uh, and is a son of the end and and ru- rulership is his right. He is uh, in the sense that, you know, there is a, an ancient kingly bloodline and he's the heir of it. Right. So. So we do right to set him up as high as we do. But after he came to the planet uh, and was, they tried to kill him and get rid of him, of course, um, and, and were not behaving well, a man called Saul of Tarsus suddenly got enlightenment, as we know, in the story on the road to Damascus. He received a flash of enlightenment and realized that the story that Christ had been telling was correct and that his teaching was what was needed. So then Paul, St. Paul, took that teaching and changed it. He changed it to make it palatable to the Western world, primarily to the Greeks, and then, of course, to the Gauls and the Celts and so on. So you might say, we don't actually have a Christian religion on the planet. We have a Pauline religion based on the teachings of Christ, right? Uh, And then when they came to the councils, the Roman church developed. It established itself, and after about 300 years, it had several councils, the Council of Constantine, the Council of Nicaea, and so on. And these councils were attended by all the new bishops from all the countries where they had spread the so-called Christian religion. Now 90, 90, 95% of those bishops at that time could neither read nor write. Uh, So probably a couple of dozen who could read and write, they were the ones who controlled the voting and who decided what would become the gospel, the gospel of the New Testament. And they chose the four books that went in, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and they determined what was in those books. They edited it. Let's put it that way. They, the word gospel just means, we would say a letter. We would say a letter. Somebody writes something down, a, a, just a page or two, you know? and that is what a gospel is. And it was written years after the event, 100, 200 years after the event.
1: Okay. So, all right, well then, when we say history, history, it's his story, not necessarily not my story or your story, right. but it's his So the people in yeah. charge, he say, he who has the goal, he's the, he determines what the rules are, right? The golden rule yes he yes. who has the goal, who is yes. in charge who's the money he'll tell you what to think and what to, and how to think and what to do with your life is that right bottom line yes okay
2: that really is true
1: all right so what would you suggest people do now you have written three books eta return of the anunnaki and i think volume Full fame if you will and, and all can be found on the website no hoax H O A X dot net so your books are there and by the way we didn't get over the, we didn't talk about the fact that you were married to george green who put up that website some years ago who was a research analyst if you will he traveled all over the world for 60 70 80 years uh, with, the, with the palladians with the nordics with the Dracos, whatever, he was, and also some, what, what, what are some of the other things he did in, in, in a nutshell, in, in another minute or so?
2: Oh, he was, he was in construction. Uh, he built all over the country, the major, major construction work. And when he found out about the extraterrestrials and the UFOs, and that people were trying to tell stories about it, but couldn't get anybody to publish their material, then he decided to start a publishing company in, and he gave up the construction and focused on publishing basically whistleblower material for 20 years, the last 20 years of his life and going around, or 30 years even, and going around the country talking about it, um, trying to waken people up. He was very knowledgeable with economics and had at one point been involved in the government briefly Uh, when they offered him a job and he found out exactly what they were up to and said no thank you I don't want to play that game and he turned them down and started telling people what was actually going on what the government was planning what the government was doing uh, how they intended to decrease population and how they'd actually written it down at the time of uh, Jimmy Carter's President Carter's presidency it was appeared it written in stone, called the Georgia Guide Stones, and they I believe they just took those down about six months ago, but oh. they've been standing there in Georgia, uh, telling you, for since the time of, of President Carter, exactly what the government is going to do. It's going to depopulate the country. It's going to depopulate the world, um, and of course we we're all experiencing that now with the COVID. Uh, But that's another whole story,
1: Russell. Okay, and we will get to some of that story. I just wanted to cover that history because what you were saying for many people, it's absolutely unbelievable that you came here some 400,000 years ago, you were on the spaceship with the Anunnaki, and they came here to get the gold to fix up their planet not to use as a medium of exchange but to fix up their planet and it's all in the book by Zachariah Sitchins and that's called the 12th planet any other right. uh, I'm gonna take another minute any in the next minute any other reference material that you want people to go to to validate their belief system so they because it's a changing constructs based on what we've been taught in the Bible so to speak and last year, I was just checking on the number of well, Bibles being sold. Yes. About 100 million are being printed each year, 20 million are being sold each year in the United States. But any other books, any other references? Yeah.
2: You know, for- what you, yeah, I, I, yeah, I would like to say to people, sit down and actually read the Bible and read it as a history, knowing that whoever was in charge was writing the history. That's, that's the way you should read every book, right? <coughs> so read the Bible in that way. Read the other books that are the great books of, of, you know, the world. The Quran, for instance. There's a very good English translation of the Quran by a Professor Arbery. It's amazing what it tells you about our Lord Jesus Christ. <coughs> so read these books, but also at the same time, Try and read somebody like Dr. Michael Suller uh, and his Histories of Antarctica, which gives you a modern-day, accurate, well-documented, plenty of photocopies of government documents, um, actual, actually what's going on in this present time in our history with extraterrestrials on the planet. So don't just read the spiritual books or the esoteric books read the factual history books that are well-documented, like Dr. Michael Seller.
1: Okay. Well, we will be talking about those, and yeah, Dr. Michael Seller, he's a, a prolific writer and a, and a, a consummate Ooh, researcher. Brilliant. Yeah, he's absolutely brilliant. So yes. any book, what any specific book that you've read lately in the next 30 seconds that you would recommend by Dr. Michael Seller to reference all of this material that we've yes. been talking about?
2: Yeah. Yes, the, his, the The History of Antarctica, it's called The The History of Antarctica, uh, and it's an amazing book. It's it's a trilogy. There are two other books that go with it, but if you read that one, you will want to read the other two, I'm sure. It's absolutely amazing, and it gives you so much accurate, well-validated material. But Mm. you can't help but say, yes, this is true. This is maybe what Jillian is telling us might not be true, right? But this that Dr. Thaler is telling us is definitely true because there's the documentary evidence to go with
1: it. Okay. Listen, I got to you. Keep, know, when gotta... something's
2: 400,000 years old, there's not much documentary evidence. Right, except right. Except the clay tablets, of course. Right.
1: Okay, not a problem. Hold on a minute. I'm going to take a break and we'll be back in just a moment. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to lightsinthenight.org. And we have Jillian Green, who's been on the planet. She's an Anunnaki, if you will. And she's been on the planet for many, many, many hundreds of thousands of years. And she's giving us some information so that we can change our construct of who we are and to know a little bit more of exactly what's going on on planet Earth. I'll be back in just a moment right here on lightsinthenight.org.
3: Whether you drive for extra income or a full-time job, you want to protect yourself. And since many rideshare and delivery drivers use their personal vehicles, easy, affordable access to legal assistance is a must. As an addition to the Legal Shield legal plan, drivers can now access our rideshare and delivery supplement. This supplement helps protect and empower you on the job by providing essential legal services, such as a dedicated provider law firm for phone consultation and legal research, access to a provider attorney, who will review documents make calls and write letters to help solve legal issues personal legal help if the irs audits your rideshare income advice and defense for rideshare and delivery moving traffic violations additional legal services are provided at a 25 percent discount Legal Shield is committed to helping members live protected, empowered lives. We pride ourselves on providing fast, affordable services to give rideshare and delivery drivers the peace of mind needed to navigate bumps in the road while helping your business stay on course.
4: Are you worrying about a legal problem like a consumer issue, medical bill, real estate transaction, landlord renter dispute, traffic ticket, or estate planning? Legal issues are a part of life, but that doesn't make handling them any less confusing, frustrating, devastating, or even crushing. And lawyers are expensive. There's a better way. Legal Shield gives you advice and counsel from reputable lawyers near you. Our caring and dedicated law firms can help you with a wide range of legal matters, all for less than a dollar a day. Protecting and empowering you with a law firm in the palm of your hand. The legal Shield mobile app can help you begin preparing your will, take pictures of a traffic ticket, and securely submit it directly to your law firm, and speak to a lawyer with just the press of a button, or call 24-7, 365 in an emergency. Legal Shield protects over 1.8 million households in all 50 states, plus Canada liberating our clients from legal frustration. Knowing you have a law firm in your corner protecting you can be empowering. Worry less and live more. Sign up for Legal Shield.
0: Welcome back to Lights in the Night with your host, Russ Johnson. Make sure to call in at 888 994 4995 Studio A to get your questions out there. Visit us online at lightsinthenight.org. Now, keep your eyes on the skies and your ears turned to your radio as we come back to Lights in the Night.
1: Okay, well, thank you very much. Listen, folks, we are lightsinthenight.org. My name is Russell, and last week we talked with Jillian Green. She was on the program. She talked about the Anunnaki, and that she was part of the people who came to this planet some four hundred thousand years ago or more to get the gold. The gold, not for to, to exchange for goods and services, but because. Nibiru, the planet that the Anunnaki happened to occupy, had some difficulty with its atmosphere and they needed the goal to patch it up, so to speak, somehow. And so we want to continue that conversation, but yet we want to upgrade it because I want to get into what the Pentagon has said about alien craft possibly are here, that aliens are possibly on the planet with us and been here. As a matter of fact been here before we were conceived according to what jillian is saying because we were engineered by the anunnaki some a few years ago if you will so we're back with jillian jillian russ johnson here can you hear me
2: yes i can great yeah
1: so we covered a lot of material in that first broadcast as a matter of fact sally was mm. in this i'm in the studio sally's in the studio sally
5: Hi, Gillian. I just happened to walk in. Yeah. I have to say hello to you. <laughs>
1: and, and, and she's from Hello England, England too. Yeah. But she said she believes that she was on that same craft.
5: Well, I never knew your story, Gillian. I met Russ maybe about three months ago now, right? Right, right. And exactly what you had said, and I did not know your, your that you were going to say any of this. Is it on? Okay. Hold, I'm sorry I just shown up at the studio. I think the mi- is the microphone on
4: Okay, we are yeah, we're okay. on.
5: I actually had said to rouse that I also believed that I was on the first So to speak rocket ship that actually came to earth I was drawing from that and I had drawn rocket ships and I could see it very clearly From never having had an art lesson. I'm actually relaying this and putting it onto paper so to me I, I, it's just, I'm trying to make sense of this. It's just amazing.
1: So, but you saying too, then, that Sally is saying too, like you, Jillian, mm-hmm. that she has been here a number of times, incarnated dozens and dozens of times on this planet. So you, you might have met Jillian at some point.
5: Well, to me, I don't believe anything is coincidental. And not knowing Jillian's story and just telling you actually what had happened to me, uh, to me it was just amazing that here I'm sitting, I happen to come into the studio, you're on the air with Russ, and you're relaying a story that I had told him three months ago, not knowing anything about you, Jillian.
1: Jillian, are you still there?
2: Uh,
5: yes.
1: Okay, yeah. L- listen, I'm here. I, just, I appreciate you. Listen, let me follow up. We only have a, another 20 minutes or so, but let me, and I appreciate you being here this morning. But listen, aliens have been here for many, many years. Help us to, for those of you who are hearing this for the first time, help us to understand how that can be, that the Anunnaki happened to come here and and get the gold that the reptilians even were, I believe here at that time, that there are many species here around, especially under the caves of the earth in Antarctica. Could you talk about some of that history so that we can start start expanding our consciousness, if you will, think a little differently?
2: Are you asking me? Yes, ma'am. Okay. We need help. Uh, Well, the Anunnaki, of course, did the genetic engineering that created Homo sapiens sapiens, and that was uh, completed. The the Homo sapiens result was first finished about 40,000 years ago. Now after the Anunnaki returned to this planet, and I say returned because it was not the first time they were here. And they knew all about the gold eons ago. But there was the asteroid belt, which prevented ships coming back down to earth. And until a way was found through, uh, they were not able to visit the surface. So they had found a way through, they were back on the earth, they were mining the gold. Uh, They got to the point where they didn't want to do that anymore. They developed Homo sapiens sapiens, right? And then, other extraterrestrials from other planetary systems started arriving on the planet, started trying to get to Earth. And that's a long, long time ago. I mean, half a million years ago or more. That's when the Anunnaki started fighting with the reptilians from Draco. The Draconian reptilians are not the same as the reptilians species that live under the earth on this planet, and have been here since the time of the dinosaurs, and I don't really know much about them. Right. But I do know about the Dracos from uh, the draconian reptilians. And the, Rep- and the Anunnaki have been fighting them in space for millennia. Right. But they, they eventually started getting down onto the planet, as did other alien species. And the other alien species started, like the Pleiadians, the Drays, uh, the Reticulans, various, various groups of extraterrestrials, started abducting and experimenting with the now developed humans. So we not only have the actual genetic engineering done by the Anunnaki, that has made us the way we are principally. But in groups all over the planet, there are different people who have other parts of DNA from other aliens in their systems. With the Anunnaki, it was a a global spread of the genetic engineering. With the other extraterrestrials, it was more in the area that they were working with. So there might have been an area on each continent where groups of people were affected by their interference genetically. But the basic engineering was done, that, made, that created us the way we are, was done by the Anunnaki. Uh, and so we have a generations long blood connection to the Anunnaki. And we look like them, we are like them, we look like them in many, many ways, except of course that they are much darker skinned. Uh, the Anunnaki are not a white race, uh, they're a, a, a light brown race, I would say. Um, okay. Okay. More like the color Polynesian coloring. And so we are the same as the Anunnaki, okay. genetically. All right. We're All right. like them.
1: Okay. so.
2: And and the stories of the Bible are about them. The Old Testament stories are all about the Anunnaki, the gods who walked in the garden. They are the Anunnaki.
1: Okay. Let me go to the Bible for just a moment. I'm looking at aliens or looking at human beings with favor, you know, the gods. Let's call them the gods. And they're looking at the human beings and they saying oh wow that's that's attractive to us so they began to cohabitate with them if you will for lack of a better term Uh huh. and so now we have the hybrids the mixture of the anunnaki and the other species that they created here on earth let's call them hybrids right so now we're all running around we're part of the anunnaki and we're part of the creation that they made how is that continuing? I mean, is that a, a, con, a continuation of the process of, as, as indicated? Well, um,
2: okay, in the, in the Anunnaki, there are two major factions. Like you might say, you have Democrats and Republicans here, right? With the Anunnaki, you have two major factions uh, that are the descendants of the mighty Lord Anu. Uh, his one son, was the Enlil, the commander of the air, and the other was the Enki, the commander of the earth, right? And these two are opposites in their view of humanity. Enlil, who ended up as Jehovah, the biblical Jehovah, right, Uh, is the one who doesn't like humans. And yet he is the one who has been raised up as God right? He's not God, but he's been raised up as God in the Bible, right? The one who liked humans was the NK. And his son Marduk was so fond of humans that he married a human woman, has a human family. And when all the rest left the planet, he stayed behind with his group of friends Uh, He wouldn't leave because he wouldn't leave his family, right? And many of the Ajiji had human families and would not leave the planet. And in fact, they made themselves a new base under Lake Titicaca in Peru.
1: So somebody had Uh, said-
2: And we all know how-
1: Somebody had said that there are many bases, many bases all across the- Oh, they do. Broad spectrum- They
2: do have many bases, but the, the first one that they built when the rest left, because we were down in South America at the time, the first one they built was an under, underwater city, underground city, under Lake Titicaca in Peru. That was so, the first home base for uh, Marduk and his followers with human families who stayed on the planet when the rest of the Anunnaki left. Okay, And hold, that was about four and a half thousand years ago. Okay, hold. Roughly. Up.
1: So we're saying that the And anunnaki along with other species or occupying homes on this planet on on and caves right up until the day yes so so look look wait a minute because you hear the people saying the world is flat some people i don't believe it's flat it's oblong i don't believe it's oblong i believe it's round so we're saying that people are living in caves in cities, all underground, including Dr. Suller, He talked about the Anna, Anna, what, Antarctica, that the Germans have taken over yes, An- Antarctica. Antarctica with another that's species.
2: That's
1: right, yes. Well, let's talk about that yeah, a bit because that's, that, that's even hard to believe, that there are cities well, and and spaceships under the water. There are the many, many,
2: cities, many under, cities under Antarctica.
1: Oh, well let's watch talk about that for us please
2: well antarctica was not always covered with ice and snow i mean it was, it's a, it looked very much like montana great big sweeping plains mountains all of the huge mountain range and to my recollection there were five major cities uh anunnaki cities in antarctica and it was a, a sudden catastrophic event that basically wiped it all out and covered it with ice. Um, but after World War II, and, and of course left many cavernous openings under the earth, underground, right? And so after World War II, or not after, towards the end of World War II, um, Germany continued the war for about two years. And during that last two years, transferred its major industrial base to Antarctica. And this is what Dr. Sala is writing about. Um, The reason they were able to do this is because that's where the reptilians, the draconian reptilians, established themselves thousands of years ago. Uh, I don't know, maybe 10,000 years ago. And so they disclosed to the Germans the way to get in to the underground areas of Antarctica. And they work hand in glove with the the German Fourth Reich developing rocketry, spacecraft, all kinds. Most of the spacecraft you see flying around in the sky are actually coming from underground bases on Earth. They are not spaceships as such, right? Um, They can't go outside the solar system. They can't go into deep space. They're just local, like local bus services. Um, So that's the reptilians and the Germans and also the Pleiadians. The Pleiadians were the ones who gave Hitler the information to build his rockets for World War II uh, through the Vril society in Germany. They they, they were a secret uh, cult society in Germany I think they were called the Thule, Thule Group uh, and the Brill Society and it was through them that the Germans got all their information to build the rockets that eventually allowed them to build their space craft, which they do build now under Antarctica. And they do it with the Pleiadians and the reptilians and they are very bad news for the planet. they are the ones who are in partnership with our government our armed forces out of the Pentagon are in contractual agreement with the reptilians and the Germans and control our military-industrial complex
1: wow wow so when I listen to Gaia and, and watch cosmic connections and ancient aliens and Corey good and David Wilcock and all I'm talking about that the reptilians are among us and as a matter of fact in control of a lot of the governments of the world by the way and they said that yeah. they can shape shift that they can look like human beings and they can look like a reptilian and they can go back and forth do you have any information on that
2: yes it's that's true that's true there are many human beings appearing human beings walking around who are actually totally taken over and inhabited by the pure reptilian energy. And this is not good news for humanity. Okay. But the good news, you know, we talk about all the things that that are not true, the lies that have been told us and the things that are wrong with our planet and ourselves. And, but there are a lot of good things. I think we need to focus a little bit on the good things. I, I, will, right? I will. Christ I will. came two thousand years ago and told us exactly what we need to, to do to live right. This is you, you need to live in this particular way of you know harmony and friendship and the, basically the golden rule. And if you live in this way, you can claim immortality. You can have continuing consciousness. You can be in control of your life. You can decide what you will do for yourself. You can know the truth if you are seeking the truth. But how do we seek? We do it by asking questions. So I don't ask anybody ever to believe me. I don't want anybody to believe anything. I want them to question, to ask questions and the things that we talk about, I hope, trigger questions in people's minds where they will go out and say, I want to know if this is true or not. I want to find out for myself what is true and what is false. Because the truth is out there. We just have to look for it.
1: Well, you talked about at one point I was listening to you uh at another program. As a matter of fact, I was listening to Linda Mutant Howell, I don't know you probably and Barbara Lamb this morning yeah and they saying that they believe that up to 900 different alien species are out there right, visiting us in this in on this planet right why would they come here why right uh, because this is
2: well they, so, <laughs> some people yeah. call
1: it the outback of the universe the prison planet why would i it why is. Come? <laughs> Talk well, because
2: we're, we're right at the tail end of the we're right at the tail end of the Milky Way, so we have been easily ignored for a very long time. In fact, apart from a few species, like the Pleiadians, the Anunnaki and the Draconians, uh that have had long time interest in this planet, most of the interest by extraterrestrials has come about since we in, uh split the atom. When we split the atom, that made us dangerous. And when we developed the hydrogen bomb, that made us dangerous to other species. Um, this, is, this is a bit far out maybe for anybody to accept, but you and I have said this before, Russell, there's no such thing as nothing. Nothing can't be something. And any something is something. There, there has to be a reality to it. And the soul itself, Is not nothing. Scientists, uh, scientific experiments tell us the soul weighs on average about two and a half ounces, right? But what are those two and a half ounces of soul energy? They are actually, when the soul is in your physical form, in your body, it's actually encased in hydrogen molecules. Soul energy is in the form of hydrogen molecules. So when Earth humans developed the hydrogen bomb. This became dangerous to all species who have soul energy because the hydrogen bomb disrupts soul energy. And so this was when they started coming, doing flybys. Not, not many come down to the planet. Not, I would say not more than maybe 20 species physically come to the planet. But the many other hundreds of species out there, right, they do flybys. They, they check on us. They look and see what we're doing. They keep an eye on us. And a long, long time ago, many of them got together and put an electronic network, if you like, to encase our planet. After we developed the hydrogen bomb, we've actually been encased in a pretty durable electric, electrical field. So
1: that we can 't damage those beyond our own system okay listen we've we got five minutes and we've covered in so much jesus we 're saying that uh, many American people believe that UFOs have visited Earth, have contacted world governments, um, aliens are having children with human beings, which creates the hybrids running around now aliens are occupying the bodies of uh, and in control of the planet, some people are saying that. We're saying that uh, that the planet has a chance. What's what's the big fight? Listen, since we only have about four minutes, what's the big fight about? Inky and and all the people who are in the Galactic Command, they say that the big spaceships above us, that the on the moon they're watching us and that's a laboratory that's not a planet that's a laboratory that they observe us so it's in and out of tons and tons of tons of where would people go to get some of this information we talked about michael Seller, your husband george green um he was here and he right. researched what yeah. se- 70 he, 80 years
2: you could you can, you can. You can hear what George was saying about the state of the nation, so to speak, on YouTube, because somebody, he never put stuff up, but but several people put some of his information and some videos of his UFO things are are out there on YouTube, you can still find them if you look for George Green. Um, He's been departed this planet for four years now, but he's still working like crazy. Um, But you can find his old material up there you can find Dr. Michael Suller is great. You can read people like, um, well, the ones you were talking about, Corey Good and Wilcock, and an interesting one to read would be about Dr. Not Dr. Colonel Bird. You know, the Air Force Colonel who flew over
4: yes, the Admiral, Arctic Ad- and went Bird. to the
2: centre of the Earth. Admiral Bird, yes. Uh, and because of his trip down to Antarctica, and then they they were defeated. Right, had to hurry home. Uh, so just just look at the material that's out there and choose what appeals to you, what you like to read. Don't make yourself read things you don't enjoy reading. Um, but there's plenty out there. You can even even read some science fiction and um get some good information out of them so okay. okay there's plenty of material
1: and finally you said there's a possibility that this war between good and bad as, as in ephesians six twelve, is continuing and so it's about principalities and you say saying the the good thing about all of this is that there's some choices we can make to save the planet save ourselves and save our souls I believe there's a book that you recommend. What's that book you recommend about Jesus? Saving Jesus? Uh,
2: Saving Jesus. Saving Jesus is probably the most useful book I've read in the last 20 years. There are so many books out there telling us what we should do. And Christ himself said three times uh, that I recall in the New Testament, everything that he could do, you can do and more. Now, if you want to believe something, believe that. That is something that you should believe. Believe it, because when Christ spoke, he was telling you the truth. Everything he did, you can do and more, because you have a mind of your own and you have free will. Okay. So take charge of your own mind, educate it, and then exercise your free will.
1: Okay, that statement that you just mentioned is in. John 14:12 all the things that I have done and you can do in more. Listen, Jillian, you've been it's been an honor a privilege and a pleasure to have you on the program. You've given us a lot of information.
2: Well, uh, thank you for having me, Russell. It's been a it's been a pleasant morning and enjoyment so thank you
1: so so anybody want to contact you is there uh, any way they can contact you and maybe get some additional information uh
2: not right now not uh, right now Russell because I'm in process of moving so okay okay uh I'm afraid they can't get hold of me right now okay
1: but they can go to the website that George left which is net, and look at the three books that you have written and other materials that he has put up on that website So again, thank you, thank you, thank you a thousand times, a million times for being on the program and sharing with us a lot of the constructs and concepts that are difficult to believe for most of us who have been trained differently. But you say it's the golden rule. He who has the gold makes the rules, right?
2: (laughs) Yes, but the real golden rule is do unto others as you would be done by. And if you live by that, if you live by that golden rule, you're going to be all right.
1: Well, great, great. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being with us. I appreciate your time.
2: Thank you, Russell. Bye-bye now, thank you.
1: Well, you've been listening to lightsinthenight.org, a disclosure program that we attempt to answer the the, the, the questions that the government officials don't want you to know, that no one else wants you to know, the priest, the pope, the president. So we're attempting to, on this program, to bring to you issues like Area 51, Grooms Lake, um, crop circles, abductions, alien visitations, on and on and on. And bring to people like Gillian Green, Laura Eisenhower, Andrew Basago, Linda Mutant Howell, Corey Goode and all the other great people who are doing the research. And Sally, thank you very much for being in the audience today. Sally, your program is when and where?
5: My program is Mondays, 2.30, call me Xena. And it does have this as a topic. We And it's a call-in program, but if anybody who's listening feels that they want to ask us a question, I believe you'll be here on Monday, Russ. Uh-huh. We're happy to answer any questions as anyone's listening, because it does continue not just call-in about loved ones, it's sure. about aliens and UFOs.
1: Okay, and that number to the studio is 888 Thank you very much. Call me, Zena. Thank you. That's the name of Thank program you. Yeah, has. call me Cena. Okay. Hey folks, thanks for thanks thanks a lot for listening to lightsinth.org. Go to the website, there's a lot of information there. Have a good one. God bless you, and I'll see you next time. Next week. Same time, same place, same station.
0: You've been listening to Lights in the Night. Be sure to catch us every Monday at eight PM Eastern. If you missed a show, be sure to head to our Facebook page, Lights in the Night with Russ Johnson. You can find us on all social media platforms and our website at lightsinthenight.org. We'll see you next week, and as always, keep your eyes and ears peeled for Lights in the Night.